I feel like, I feel like you eat a normal, normal pace. I don't know. Does my mic sound weird to you? No. Okay. <coughs> right. All right. Hi, I'm Becky. I'm Nick. This is Isms. Welcome. That's my husband. Hold on. This this sounds kind of weird in my in my ears. It's just me. I'm the freaking idiot, you know? All right. Anyway. Hi, I'm Becky. I'm Nick. This is Isms. Welcome. Nick is my husband and he is sitting here across from me and I'm I'm going to talk his little ears off today. Also, Bubs is next to me on the other side. He's my emotional support animal for this because this topic is a little bananas today. Okay. okay? All right. Um, this is our, if we include the introduction, this is our fifth time sitting down and talking. Oh, wow. And I feel like it's Who's been, counting? Well, I am. But I'm counting from zero, so it's kind of off. But sure. I feel like that makes sense for me. Um. I think I'm just going to jump into it. I don't really have any anything else to say. You don't have like a fun question that when I answer oh, I it, usually, you're going to... Yeah, yeah. I usually ask you a, a, lead, a lead up question. And then I get to like pretty much you go, mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned that because okay. da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, let me, let me take it back. Let me take it back. Okay. Um, Nick. Usually it's a how do you feel about. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I'm going. That's where I'm going. Okay. Um, so how do you feel about aliens like i really want to know i feel like that's loaded yeah it's a big question i mean it's kind of what it's i would put myself in the category of it's impossible that there aren't that we're the only thing i think that octopuses are aliens i don't okay well wait i feel like i have a better question to ask you because that's so broad. Here's here's a good question. How do you feel about bringing the swastika back? <laughs> Terrible. Okay, good. I just feel like that's... Good answer. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll start there. Okay. Funny, funny you should mention <laughs> aliens and swastikas because... Because <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> funny you should bring that up today because today on this episode, we are going to be talking about realism. Ever heard of it? How do you spell that? R-A-E, E with the two dots on top. Okay. L-I-S-M. Realism. Realism. Okay. It is a uh, UFO religion. Hmm. Yes. So I'm just going to hop into my, my fun facts that I have about it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it is a UFO religion that was founded in, 19, in the 1970s in France by a guy named Claude Voyeron. Um, but now his name is Rael, as in... Israel minus the is. So he is, he is called Rael. So this is the 70s? This is the 70s in France. Interesting to mm-hmm. think of. I don't know. I don't know anything about how uh, people who are alien fanatics in other countries are perceived. I yeah. just know how they're perceived in the United States. This is like doesn't even really even touch the U.S. Oh, good. At all. Good. So Raelism teaches that an extraterrestrial species known as the Elohim created humanity using their advanced technology. Okay? Hmm. So the Elohim. It claims that throughout history, the Elohim have created 40 Elohim-humid hybrids who have served as prophets preparing humanity for news about their origins. So among those prophets are the Buddha, Jesus, and Muhammad, and also uh, Rael himself. Okay, he's so the fortieth. Like, he's the fortieth and final prophet. Okay. Already, this is so fishy. You think so? Oh okay. my god! So far, when I was reading, I was like, okay, okay, this guy must be pretty cool then. It, it would. All, I would love to see how far back the list of forty goes, though. Well, you know what? Is it like of, number one, Alexander of, the Great? Out of all the research I did, they can't really come up with more than than these four. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, so. Realists believe that since the Hiroshima Hiroshima bomb of 1945, humanity has entered what's called an age of an apocalypse in which it threatens itself with nuclear annihilation. So realism argues that humanity must find a new way of harnessing scientific and technological developments for peaceful purposes. 
And then once that happens, then the Elohim will return to Earth to share their technology with humanity and establish a utopia. Like, easy. Done. So, to do that, the Elohim wants us on Earth to build an embassy for them. And until that embassy is built, they can't come down and help us. So, the embassy is important. Um, we'll get back to that in a second. Okay. Okay. This, all right. Okay. So, Raelians, um, sorry, Raelians engage in um, daily meditation, hope for physical immortality through cloning, and they promote a liberal uh, ethical system with a strong f- emphasis on sexual experimentation. So, this is, you know, 70s, this is... Okay. This is, Okay. A lot of these ideas are nice. It's, it's you know, so they reject, re- reject, they reject the existence of the supernatural and endorse atheism, and they reject the idea that God exists. So no God, just the Elohim. Okay. 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 <clears throat> um, Rael, the guy, characterizes traditional religion as irrational and unscientific, and his alternative philosophy is that um, he he. He presents an alternative philosophy that's free from mysticism. So he's like, no mysticism. This is science. This this is science. Which, um, once I tell you about his background, it'll be like, huh, interesting how that he feels that way. Okay. So he describes realism as a scientific religion with the international Raelian movement using the motto, science is our religion, religion is our science. Yeah. Science heavy. Uh, okay, but it's not. Am I not I'm not selling this to you so far? You're not selling it to me as a science-based thing when they're like mm-hmm. the 40th prophet <laughs> is this guy. It's a little it's a little everywhere. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And and the embassy thing. Mhm. Okay, so the religion emphasizes the use of science obviously to solve the world's problems and members regard Rael as a pioneer of science who will one day be regarded alongside Galileo and Copernicus for this. Okay. okay. So the international Raelian movement claims tens of thousands of members. They call themselves practitioners, and the majority are based in Francophone areas of Western Europe and North America, mostly like Quebec. Um, and they're also big in, in East Asia, like Korea. So as of uh, uh, 2018, there were 100,000 members, according to their Wikipedia. Unbelievable. I don't believe it. <laughs> it's hard to believe. I have a hard time believing that. So their script, they have like some main scripture. The main scripture is a book called Intelligent, Intelligent Design, Message from the Designers, written by Rael. Their minor scriptures are called Sensual Meditation, Let's Welcome Extraterrestrials, Geniocracy, Geniocracy, that's how you say it the second way, Geniocracy. Yes, to human cloning. Those are the books that they follow. So let me tell you about Claude, my buddy Claude here, Mr. Mr. Rael himself, self-proclaimed Rael. Sure. So he was born in 1946 in Vichy, France, and he had a very interesting, troublesome upbringing. So his dad was a Sephardic Jew hiding from the Nazis. So thinking right after World War II era. Wow. His mom was a devout atheist, and at 15, she gave birth to Claude. And then his dad left to go back to his family while they were hiding from the Nazis. So oh, wow. Dad was not in the life, like, at all. He was um, raised by his grandmother and his mother. He lived with both of them. But they sent him, both of them being atheists, sent him to Catholic boarding school. <laughs> And one day he was like, I will receive the Eucharist, Um, but he's not baptized. So he, it was like a huge scandal and he was sent to a different boarding school. And then when he was 15, he was like, I'm running away. I'm running away to Paris. I don't need boarding school. I don't need anything. So he's 15 years old. This is what, 1960, 1961. Right. Paris, very like sexy, sexy time. So he hitchhikes. It's a very sexy time (laughs) of the decade. (laughs) Yeah. So he hitchhikes to Paris, where he became a street musician. 
So he, there, he wanted two things in life. He either wanted to be a race car driver or a pop star. Okay. Wow. So, same. <laughs> yeah. Like literally the same. <laughs> I know. It reminded me of you, but you're nowhere narci- like as narcissistic as this guy. Um, so he's a street musician in Paris in ni- the 1960s. He's discovered by a guy uh, who has a radio program. This guy turns into his mentor. I didn't write his name down. Sorry, sorry. Um, he signs a record deal. He releases six singles, including his hit, Honey and Cinnamon, or La Melle et la Cannelle. Mm. Okay. Uh, he becomes somewhat of a pop star. He started saving up for his dream race car that he wanted since he was a child. But then his mentor commits suicide, and Claude's like, I uh, can't really like achieve buying a race car now that my mentor's gone, but instead I'm going to become a sports car journalist, and I'm going to start a magazine called Autopop. So that's what he does. So What a wuss. You think so? My mentor's dead. I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, he didn't really have any other kind of like guidance from anyone. So, all right. Well, you know, fifth. So, so from like fifteen to twenty-six, he is on his own, becomes a pop star, and then is done with that. Starts this auto pop zine. So, according to his book, the book it's called the book which tells the truth. At age twenty-seven. Claude has an alien visitation. So he's in a secluded area in France near a volcanic crater, okay? And an extra extraterrestrial being came out of a craft that had descended gently from the sky and told him in French that he had come for the sole purpose of meeting him, hmm. Claude. So, wow, what an honor. Yeah, he said he was given a message by this alien and told that it was his mission to pass the message on to the people of the earth. So this is like the the aliens were seeking him out. They found him. Thank God. We've been looking everywhere for you. We're aliens. We couldn't find you. We found you. So his book states that advanced human scientists from another planet with 25,000 years of scientific advances created all life on earth through DNA manipulation. So these scientists were called Elohim, or those who came from the sky. He wrote that some 40 prophets in Earth's history were sent by Elohim, Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus, and Rael. That's all. Just those four. Just those four. Um, But their messages were distorted by humans, largely because of the difference in the level of civilizations between the Elohim and people on Earth. So Earth is primitive. Um, So... Rael now is what he's called, the Elohim, name him Rael. He said he was given the mission of telling the world about Elohim in anticipation of the return of the aliens. And he has to build this embassy. And he uh, stated that certain mysteries were explained to him based on new interpretations of sacred texts from the Bible. So (laughs) this guy's all over the place. Insanity. (laughs) Yeah. So that was in the early 70s. So then, on October 7th, 1975, he's contacted by one of the Elohim. You know, he's been following, they've been kind of communicating for a couple years. So this time, the Elohim come down and they take him in their aircraft back to their planet to meet. I don't know if you, you, you'll never guess. Buddha, Muhammad. <laughs> Jesus, Muhammad, and this time Moses is there. I was going to say, yeah. like, how is the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these prophets, they, they tell him that these prophets are the, themselves the result of a human um, breeding with an Elohim father. So a man Elohim was bred with a woman human, and that's how these prophets are made. Hmm. So it turns out that Elohim is half related to Jesus. Jesus is his half-brother. Um, and the women have no memory of this. Their memories were erased after they were put on the so spaceship. So that, that's, that's kind of like a thing that's um, talking towards the belief of immaculate conception. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, so on the Elohim planet, Rael was offered six biological robot women to have sex with. And then the Elohim created his clone then taught him techniques of sensual meditation, okay? So um, 
these are all things that Rael wrote in his book, and I just want to say a quick note that Rael or Claude has been accused of plagiarism multiple times in his life and was called out for this being eerily similar to accounts in sci-fi books from the 1950s. Oh, my God. <laughs> so of course. Just, just want to plant that. But, I mean, uh, uh, Rael is one of these very charming, suave, uh, cult-like leader people. So it's, it's amazing what people can fall for. Is there, like, a timeline of, like, he had this many followers at this year, this many yeah. followers at this year? So, um... Like, what's he working with? It, so it, like, really exploded in the 70s and 80s, but I think, I'm pretty sure I'll get there in my notes. Okay. Um, so he stated, Rael stated that his second book, called Extraterrestrials Took Me to Their Planet, uh. <laughs> relates that the teaching he received from these people, he relates that in his book, and he describes harmonious and peaceable beings who were free of money, sickness, and war. So from then on, he devoted his life to a task that his biological father, an alien named Yahweh, gave him to complete. Now notice like Yahweh, yeah, Elohim, those are, Yahweh. those are Hebrew words. I thought Elohim was. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything. But then when I heard Yahweh, I knew that one was. Yeah. So I just have here like a little tiny spoiler alert. This guy, Claude, yeah. turns out to be a pedophile, a narcissist, of a womanizer, a manipulator, and a masochist. So it is very interesting. But so this is what... Zero shock. Yeah. So this is what he explains about the Elohim. The Elohim are an extraterrestrial species. The word Elohim is used for God in the Old Testament. Translates to those who came from the sky. I mentioned that before. Um, the name that they gave him, Rael, is a term deriving from Israel, which translates to the messenger of those who come from the sky. Makes sense. Um, the Elohim are described as being physically smaller than humans with pale green skin and almond-shaped eyes. And they're divided into seven different races. Oh, wow. So I wonder where How he got that. complicated. <laughs> yeah. Their planet is outside the solar system, but within the Milky Way galaxy. There are 90,000 of the Elohim on their planet, and they are all quasi-immortal. They do what? not wear clothes, and they are all permitted to engage in free love with one another. And uh, sexual jealousy does not exist. Why are these things like, even <laughs> worth noting? Yeah. Because this is... I feel like this is such a projection of I get this it. guy, Claude. Yeah, you I know? get it. He's like, he, uh, and um, no one uh, gets mad at each other <laughs> yeah. for anything. And, well, it's important to note that when he came out with this in, like, the 70s, one, there's no internet. So, like, right. two, like, he, um, it's a huge time for, like, free love and for aliens, like, right. people are, like, finding out about this stuff. And, like, young people especially are like, oh, my God, there's a religion that is about aliens and, like, free love. Like, sign, sign me, me up. up. Yeah. Um, the Elohim are not allowed to procreate to have children and may undergo a sterilization operation to ensure this. Um, Oops, they messed up my sterilization. <laughs> yeah. Oops, you're pregnant. <laughs> Raylans believe... That there were originally seven human races on Earth, modeling the seven Elohim races, but that the purple, blue, and green races of humans have died out. So, they're gone. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Yeah, people actually believe this. In believing awesome. humanity was created by the Elohim, Raylans reject Darwin uh, evolution, and they um, espouse creationism and intelligent design. So they term their beliefs scientific creationism. Okay. Um, they believe that accounts of God in various mythologies around the world are actually just misinterpretations of memories about the Elohim people. So Adam and Eve, like being ex expelled from Eden, is really a representation of humanity's difficult transition from the Elohim laboratories to life on Earth, where they become self-sufficient. Okay. I don't. Okay. Jesus' resurrection is really the representation of how the Elohim cloned Jesus to restore him to life after death. Okay. Again, like... Okay. <laughs> References to Satan are interpreted as referring to the chief of a group 
on the Elohim's planet who are opposed to genetic experiments on Earth and who argue that humanity should be destroyed. What? <laughs> um, I'm just... Yeah. I feel like I'm, like, losing grip here or something. <laughs> I'm not... I, I will, I'll bring you back down to reality in a little bit. I, all right. Okay. Well, I mean, in, like, an hour, maybe. So, the religion also teaches that the Elohim continue to monitor every human individual on the earth remotely from their planet and this is done so that the elohim can decide which individuals merit being offered the opportunity of eternal life eventually um they the elohim can continue to visit earth um and they're the ones that did crop circles okay that's the elohim so like all of a sudden that gets dropped in it's Mm -hmm. like oh by the way (laughs) yeah that was us that's how they communicate yeah okay okay um, the Raelans believe that they are all capable of linking telepathically with the Elohim, but that only Rael is permitted to meet with them physically. So Rael is telling everyone, you guys can, like, talk to them in your heads, but I'm the only one that can actually, like, see them in person. Okay. Uh, like, it's it's something, it's like, obviously, this doesn't doesn't get worth, or this doesn't get mentioned when it was in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And just to correlate it. Mm-hmm. And not to go on a tangent, but like, please do. Did anyone, did anyone notice if when Moses came down mm-hmm. from the mountain, mm-hmm. if the if the tablets were chiseled in oh. his handwriting? <laughs> Great point. As as you take and, off your shoes, yeah, getting comfortable, <laughs> getting comfy in this story. But don't get me wrong, none of those things are bad that mm-hmm. he came down the mountain with, as the story goes. But, you know what I mean? It's like, it's the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. um, only I can meet mm-hmm. the physical, I, only me. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of fishy. Well, it's pure, it. it's pure manipulation. For, right. Especially for, like, people that you know are already angsty. It's yeah. It's, like, so funny. Um, so, uh, once on Earth, Rael claims that the Elohim will share their advanced technology and scientific understanding with humanity. And like I said, help to usher in our utopia. So these are some things that they're going to do. There will be a single world government or a geniocracy, which means rule of geniuses. So only geniuses will be in charge and with one one government oh, everywhere. Wow. There will be no war. Crime will end and it will end due to genetic engineering. That's why crime will end. There will be interplanetary travel and colonization. So... We're living on Mars. Robots will assume menial tasks and be sex slaves so that humans do not have to work and can dedicate their lives to pleasurable pursuits. Whoa. I love these ideas. I don't work anymore. I just have to please my (laughs) sex doll. That's so weird. Yeah. So Rael claimed that the Elohim will come down to Earth um, once this embassy has been erected. And if you go on their website... It says that... Where are they supposed to have this place? Well, they're looking. That's what the website says. So this religion was invented in the 70s. So right. I was on their web page today, rael.org. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on the part about the embassy, and it had a timeline. And it said, 2019 to 2022, we have been searching for a country to build the embassy. <laughs> and it should be done. We, we should find the country has to be neutral territory, but it's going to be done by 2030. Okay. So since the 1970s, this guy has been raising money for the embassy. He's still alive? He's still, he's 75. People have been donating money to rail, to railism, to build this embassy. And he keeps saying, he keeps pushing it back because he knows once the embassy is built, people are going to be like, where the hell (laughs) is the Elohim? This is awesome. Yeah. This is like how uh, Elon Musk does the same thing with a lot of Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. They'll ask him a question and they'll be like, so when's it going to be, like, when's the thing that you have proven does exist going Mm -hmm. to be everywhere? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of things like that where he's like, I think next year. Yeah. And then they show the next year. They're like, what about this? He's like, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be ready by next year. Yeah. Like, hasn't anybody caught on to him yet? (laughs) Yeah. It's like he'll have said the same thing is going to be ready next year for 10 years. (laughs) And nobody, and nobody does anything. Yeah, because why well, would they? But. <laughs> um, so the structure of realism is divided into six tiers. So Ra- Rael is at the top. 
um, he's referred to as the guide of guides. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very original. Senior members of the structure re-elect him to that position every seven years. <laughs> okay. I need you guys to re-elect me to be the guide of guides. Who, if it not if me, if not me, who else? Below, below this, them are the bishop guides, and then the priest guides, and then the animators, and then the assistant animators, and then the last ones are the probationers. So very few women are in leadership roles, but Rael did form a group called the Order of the Angels, specifically for women, and they could only have sex with Elohim, aliens. So since Rael, this is his logic, was Jesus's half-brother and the son of Yahweh, he was the only man on earth that they could have sex with. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> These are rules that he made that people actually followed. So, okay, there are some, like, crazy organizations that come, like, offshoot of, of Rael. Um, these are all on the website, and I can't tell you how much time I've spent this week on all of these. Like, I should honestly delete my browser history at work because this is... Okay, so the main thing about Raelism when you are, like, in it, the first thing you do is you go through sensual meditation, and this is something that's done on a daily basis. It's a group-guided meditation. And the intent of it is transmitting love and telepathic links to the Elohim and achieving harmony with, in, with in, achieving harmony with the infinite, like the infinite universe. And then the meditation ends in a cosmic orgasm. But really, it's everyone masturbating in a room together that progresses into orgies that many ex-members say were non-consensual and had lots of underage people in them. What? And Rael always participated. Because he's the only one. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is so, very bizarre. Okay, another... This is a non-profit from Raelism. It's called a paradism. And it is a world without work or money. From the website paradism.org, people don't want more jobs. They want more freedom. Paradism aims at giving all the jobs to machines to free the people from the forced labor. When all the production and services will have been given to the robots, there will be no need for money. The resources will be shared and used with wisdom so as to give everyone comfort, the health and the leisure they are entitled to. Nothing will be traded for a price. Everyone's creation or contribution will be an offering to others. Love will be the new currency. In paradise, there are no countries because there are no frontiers. There are no jails because there's no police. There's no politicians because there's no government. A human being cannot be made a slave, a subject, or turned into a sheep. It's a crime against humanity. A human being cannot be ruled or governed by anything else but him or herself. A human being is a master of their own life, the creator of their own destiny. That sounds nice and all. It does sound really nice. But people are trash. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll take advantage of all of that. <laughs> and and even if people are trash as a consequence because the world that we live in is so the opposite of the one that they're describing mm -hmm. that, you know, you know, they're bad people because of that system mm -hmm. as opposed to the one that you just read. But the one you just read isn't the one we live. It's the one that makes these people trash to begin with. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, uh... Yeah, it's like a snake biting its tail situation. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, okay, so another one of their organizations is the pro-swastika movement, or oh swastika God. rehabilitation. <laughs> Why? From their website, proswastika.org... <laughs> The oh, this is why you were like, I need to clear my browser history. Yeah. Okay. The swastika symbol has not been created by the Nazis at all. They simply use an already existing symbol, which I'm pretty sure is true. Like, I have read this before because it, it's, it's, it's a, originally a Hindu or Buddhist symbol. Yeah, um, I think it goes the other way. Right. So by associating the swastika with the Nazis, we only give credit to the monstrosi monstrosities of this horrible regime. It's time to rehabilitate the swastika. <laughs> And from Rael.org, the swastika, so their main symbol is a Star of David mixed with a swastika. 
So Wow. That's <laughs> super complicated looking. Yeah. I can imagine it though. I'll post it on our Instagram. The swastika. It'll probably get flagged. <laughs> yeah. The swastika in the center represents the infinity of time. Everything in the universe is in perpetual transformation. Space and time have neither beginning nor end, and everything is cyclical at all levels. All of this is true. Right. Like, nothing, nothing is created, nothing is lost, everything is continually transformed. Yes, that is true. But um, to use the symbol, I love how, like, this Claude guy likes to throw his, like, half-Judaism heritage into yeah. things, even though his dad was, like, completely non-existent. Like, right. I mean, I like, I get trying to, like, heal that inner child of, of his, but uh, he does it in some really weird ways. <laughs> Ways that he should keep to himself, I think. That would... There's just all... I haven't even begun to unpack this yet. It, it, and I've been researching it for a week, so, like, we might have to maybe, like, talk about it in a week and see how you feel. Um, okay, here's another another organization. Gotopless.org. Oh, wait, I have so much oh. to say about the swastika thing. Oh, please do. Okay, look. <laughs> it doesn't matter if... It was originally blah, 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 or anything. None of that matters because it's the swast- it's a swastika. It's a swastika. It's a swastika. It's a swastika. It's, it's a meaning- swastika. It has meaning now that we all know. And everyone knows it, and no one cares that it used to be anything. No one no. cares. It's a swastika. So, like, and, and more importantly, what they're talking about in regarding to, re- like, what is it? Re- Rehabilitation. Rehabilitate. The swastika is this. No one is putting, like, for example, no one's getting, like, opening a, a, a deli, right, mm-hmm. and getting an awning, mm-hmm. and then printing what you and I would refer to as backward swastikas mm-hmm. onto the awning to right. advertise for the sandwich shop. No mm-hmm. one's doing that. What people are doing is spray painting swastikas on places. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in rehabilitating. The whole thing they're trying to rehabilitate is, like, graffiti. <laughs> it's not that you know what i mean yeah. it doesn't matter what it is because like they're not the same they are not the same so if it's like it's not like you would go up in like a peace offering and spray paint a, a nice swastika mm-hmm. the good kind right. the og yeah onto something you would never do that it and sounds... that's what they're talking about rehabilitating exactly yeah like the person who does the swastika in the first place that spray paints it somewhere mm-hmm. is already a piece of shit right so somebody no one no one <laughs> would do that in a positive light no and to me... There's nothing to rehabilitate. Exactly. It, to me, it seems like uh, Rael maybe, like, visited, like, Thailand or, or somewhere once and, and saw, like, an old, like, really cool, like, temple and saw a swastika on it and was, like, the first person ever to, like, be like, oh, huh, let's let's bring that back. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... It's like, uh... It's so wild. Do you have anything else to say about it? No. <laughs> you seem uh just annoyed by this I'm story. very irritated yeah. by this. Yeah, I am too. Trust me. Um so I can't wait to get this out of my head. Um so another organization they have is called gotopless.org. They claim that women have the same constitutional right that men have to go bare-chested in public. So this guy, Claude, he thinks women should also go topless in public. Well, they're in France and you can for the most part. As long as this is in quotes. As long as men are allowed to be topless in public, women should have the same constitutional right. Or else, men should have to wear something to hide their chests. Free your breasts. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. He, the slogan for Go Topless. Free your breasts. Free your mind. Okay. Bless you. Thank you. Um, And I didn't write this part down, but it's interesting to say that when we went to war after 2001 with Iraq, um, Rael was like, let's let's protest, okay? So he got his women, the women I talked about earlier. The, the order, seven. The, the Order of the Angels. And they went topless all around Los Angeles protesting the war. Um, Good so for that, them. I mean, it's that's why, like, this is confusing because it's like some of this stuff is good. Like... No, I'm saying good for them as in, like, who could who could care? <laughs> who could possibly care? Who could care? care less? I mean, I could. Yeah. Actually, no, I could not. But he does all these things. You gotta get things. it right when you say that phrase. <laughs> oh, I know. Did you 
Did you correct yourself? I said it, and then you said who couldn't. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I could not. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but Rael does these, like, publicity stunts, usually when he's trying to, like, uh, recalibrate or, like, if he, like, has lost a bunch of followers because he did something, like, horrible, like, something that had to do with, like, pedophilia or assault or something. Yeah. He'll lose a bunch of people, and then he'll do, like, a publicity stunt, like, let's protest the war, topless, and then he'll get, like, a whole bunch of new followers. Sure. So he did that constantly, like, throughout this entire thing, like, from the 70s on. Um, I just, okay, go on. This, this was my favorite part of the website. It was a, a specific link to a website called Honorary Guides. And it's men and women who are not part of the Raylan church, but who like, who, like Raylans, dedicate their lives to changing the world by reducing violence, denouncing injustice, eliminating God-related taboos, and promoting human rights. So the list had 96 people on it. Um, these people, uh, again, I want to make clear, these are not self-proclaimed realists. They, these are just people that these guys picked. So, um, they probably, like, they probably don't even know they're on this website. So, number one was Madonna, followed by Sinead O'Connor and Michael Jackson. Those were the top three. And then the most recent was number 96, awarded on January 17th of this year, 2022. <laughs> it's tennis player Novak Djokovic. Did I say that right? Oh, sure. And he was awarded for his exemplary attitude in refusing the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Okay. So this is the other. Th okay. So this is how they're getting people again. He's had a dip and he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll find people who are yeah. provocative. Mm -hmm. And then like under that was like, click this link for eight secrets about the government. So they're really, really trying to like play to a certain audience at this point. Mm -hmm. So kind of grasping at straws. Without the embassy being built still. No embassy in sight. Right. Or so, location. Or lo no location. Cool. So this brings us to the final organization I want to talk about and the topic for that goes along with realism, which is human cloning and their organization called CloneAid. Okay? So. C-L-O-N-A-I-D. Yep. Wow. Yep. So CloneAid was initiated by Rael in 1997 since human cloning is the first step towards scientific eternal life, as described by the Elohim. So... In the year 2000, following a strong interest in the idea of human cloning by people from around the world, Rael decided to hand over the Clonade Project to one of his bishops, Dr. Brigitte Boissalier, and she um, started working on cloning the first human being ever. So, oh, really? Yes. So they have a webpage. I went to it. It's clonade.com. It looks like an Angel Fire website. It has to be. It's incredible. It's truly, truly incredible. So ever since he handed this over to Dr. Boissalier, Clonade has been completely independent from the Raelin movement. So neither Rael nor the movement bring any funds into it, and they don't have a relationship with Clonade besides their moral support. So they are like, yes, this is this is good, but... Uh, let's hand this off to the scientists that really know, like, wink-wink scientists. Yeah, like, no one's successfully done that. Right. So, from Clonade.com. Clonade TM is the world's leading provider of reproductive ho human cloning services. Eve, the first cloned baby, was born December 26, 2002, thanks to our team of highly skilled scientists. Since then, we've been able to help a number of patients have their own children through our cloning technology. No way. Clonade can help you if you're sterile and have lost hope of having a child you dream of, if you're homosexual and deeply desire a child who would carry your genes, if you've just lost or are about to lose a beloved family member and would like to see an identical twin of that person begin a new life, if you're HIV positive and want to have a child that would be your genetic twin without infecting either the baby or your partner, or if you simply want to be cloned, whatever your reasons may be. So that's on the website. They're like, we barely care. Yeah. They're like, we just want your money. Yeah, we'll clone you. So, surprise, surprise, baby Eve's cloning has turned into a big mess. Um, 
she has never there's no evidence that she exists pretty much um because she doesn't because she doesn't so in spring of 2001 this is going back before baby eve the fda um their office of criminal investigations inspected clonade's lab which existed it was in the small city of nitro in west virginia it was located inside a rented room within a formal former high school (laughs) So the FDA staff scientists went there and they looked at like the lab documentation, found everything inadequate. Um, it was the work of a graduate student extracting ovum from cow ovaries from a slaughterhouse. So like none of this was regulated, like nothing was, nothing was right. Uh, the FDA said that the equipment, though, in the lab was state-of-the-art and had been bought by this guy, Mark Hunt. He was a former West Virginia state legislator, and he wanted to clone his 10-month-old son, Andrew, who died in 1999 due to congenital heart disease. Damn, what a, like, messed up thing. Like, really, like, preying on these people. Like, give us, like, literally, like, $500,000 to build a lab, and Whoa. you'll have your son back. Like, what? Whoa. So following this investigation by the FDA OCI, Mark Hunt made an agreement with them to not clone his son. And, like, they were like, Mark, let's get you out of this mess. Like, let's not do this. So in March of 2001, Dr. Boissalier said that a woman wanted to be pregnant with a clone fetus, and she would be. She would be pregnant by April. So in March, she would be pregnant by April. She said the cells had reached the blastocyte stage, but she refused to speak of any specific implantation um, techniques or pregnancy details, like, whatsoever. Um, And then, on December 27th, 2002, um, Dr. Boissalier announced at a press conference in Hollywood, Florida, that Clonade had successfully performed the first ever human reproductive cloning. And baby Eve was born by C-section somewhere, somewhere outside of the U.S. Mom and and baby were healthy. Um, She did not present any DNA samples, any anything at all that would allow for confirmation of her claim. Yeah, Um, this is just hocus pocus. mm -hmm. And so it uh, subsequently became apparent that she announced the birth before any genetic testing to evaluate whether the child in question was actually a clone. I mean, she didn't even give proof that this child existed at all in life. Um, So she was stating her belief that the procedure had resulted in a clone and not actually showing a child, which was an insane thing to do. Like, everyone in the actual science community was, like, jaw-dropping. Like, this is a circus. This is amazing. Yeah, like, I can't believe that I'm standing here right now. This is so stupid. Yeah. So um, there was a clonade spokeswoman named Nadine Gary, and she claimed also that Eve went home with her mother on December 30th, 2002. But a Florida attorney, his name's Bernard Siegel, he filed a petition as a private citizen in the Broward County Court requesting that a temporary guardian be appointed for this cloned child if it existed. Okay. It's like, this is child abuse. Get this, get this baby out of here, you know? Um, so this court case played out over the next month, and Dr. Boissalier testified under oath that there was a cloned child born outside of the U.S. living in Israel, of all places. Oh, it, great. You know. So um, Clonade, again, did not present evidence that the child existed, um, so Dr. Boissalier said that Eve's would, Eve would travel to the U.S. that very day for DNA tests. So she's on her way from Israel. Um, she said that a pediatrician saw Eve and her mother. They're in good condition. She refused to mention the location of the surrogate birth, the testing lab, the biological mother's home. Um, she said she'll tell everybody that at a later time. I don't understand, like, any, I, I literally understand, like, zero of this. Really? Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is that this woman, Dr. Boissalier, was just so adamant that this baby existed. Right. This is like a, it's like a mental condition at this point. Yeah. So they subpoenaed um, this guy, Thomas Kainzig. So he was the vice president of Clonade. They wanted him to appear in a civil proceeding set to occur on January 22nd, 2003. So they sent some. Damn, that was my 18th birthday. Oh my God! Happy birthday! What did we do for it? 
Do you remember? For my 18th birthday, what did mm-hmm. I do? Mm-hmm. I had school. I had a newspaper meeting. Mm-hmm. And I went and bought, I think, like a Swisher Sweet cigar. <laughs> and like Take a valley ride. And like smoked it. Like a smoked a Swisher Sweet cigar. Do you think maybe we all were at a show that weekend together or something? <sighs> Probably. Probably. 2003, yeah. wasn't that May? Big. That was a big year. That yeah, was, a, it was big, a big year. Yeah. Lots, lots happened That's that year. That's the year we, we met. No. Hmm. Maybe before that. I don't remember. Um, anyway, so Siegel hoped that um, the summons to the vice president of Clonaid would coax the people involved to provide some answers or at least be like, all right, you got us. Like, Yeah, I was going to also say, like, what's the penalty for doing what they did even though they didn't do anything? Um, like nothing, like no penalty other than being like completely like laughed at. Like, right. I feel like at this point, like it, I didn't, it was, I didn't read it anywhere, but it's like, I feel like they're keeping this going because it's like just some fun drama to like alleviate <laughs> like the world. I guess, but you know what I mean? It's like, what's mm-hmm. the, like, it's not like, the, is anybody going to go to jail? No, nobody's right. going to go okay. to jail. Um, so Thomas Koenzig refused, refused to testify in a court hearing, but... Florida judge John, I can't say his last name, but maybe you can help me because his son is in Red Hot Chili Peppers. John. Frusciante. Yes, Frusciante. So I thought that was a, fun, a funny little uh, connection there. John Frusciante's dad is a judge. A in judge Florida. in Florida. And he was able to convince that uh, the vice president threw a telephone to like give him some details about this clone, about this clone situation. Um, so he testified that Clonade left him ignorant of the cloning project and that Clonade was not even a corporation. So, like, with that, the judge summoned Kainzig and Dr. Boissalier to a, feder- of, to a Florida court and warned the two that they would be condemned if they did not show up there on January 29, 2003. Um, and Give then, you a week. Yeah. So then they showed up. Boisselier testified under oath that she saw a video of a clone child being born in Israel. Okay. How would you know if a clone child was being born? I don't know. <laughs> but you know what I mean? She said it was a C-section. She watched the birth. Um, and then, so after this, after like they're like, we saw it. And I want to say that there's four more human clones <laughs> being born in a couple weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> like puppies. And they had a list of couples who were ready to have a clone child, and that more than 20 more implantations of human clones were on the way after the first 10 that happened. So they're like, what are these numbers? Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. In February 2004, CloneAid claimed that a sixth baby clone was born in Australia. So, and then they claimed to have produced human embryos in South Korea. And then by March 2004, CloneAid claimed that Eight extra baby clones had been <laughs> brought to term for a total, a, a total of 13 baby clones. So, oh, go get them, bubs. So, yeah, in 2004, they had 13 baby clones. Um, That's impossible. Yeah. So, obviously, any scientist that was interviewed about this all were first, like, skeptical, obviously, because... This does not follow any sort of scientific method or um, any like anything at all. Um, so this included Lord Robert Winston. He's the head of the IVF research team at London's Hammersmith Hospital. Um, and so he had experience with animal cloning. And he said that they encountered the lowest rates of success per implantation, where cloned fetuses are often malformed and dead before birth. So regardless, people continue to be surprised that clonate appears to have overcome those problems. It's like you can't just like one yeah. off, like make a perfect baby. Yeah. And like, at the same rate, it's like I they, remember learning how biology worked in high school. Mm-hmm. And everyone has the same idea at the same time. And they look at each other. and They're like, why don't we just make babies and test tubes? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we just do that? Yeah. And they're like, well, you can. But mm-hmm. that's not cloning. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. I don't get why. So, yeah, yeah. Any scientist they talked to, 
they were like, so either Clonade's really lucky and like good at science or they're lying. They're lying. Imagine like the people that worked at like these facilities that I'm sure that they had. It's like you spent like That's the thing though. They um it I don't know if I wrote it down, but it, it apparently that oh, I did write it down. Um According to sealed documents received by the Boston Globe in April 2003, Clonade had two employees. Okay. No board of directors. Okay. So it's all all a sham. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, I'm imagining like people are pulling up. I'm imagining like people working at it like it's like a lab core. Yeah, kind of like um, what was Elizabeth Holmes, um, the girl that did the blood. I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, it was not, not even like a, like a deceitful functioning lab. It was a non-existent, not completely non-existent. Um, let me see. I lost my place. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much it. Clonade had two employees, no board of directors, and they were not even really a company. So, um... Saturday Saturday Night Live parodied this whole thing. Which, oh, really? Yeah. I feel like I watched SNL in 2003 a lot, but I don't remember this. But um, I feel like we should probably watch the skit at some point tonight. Yeah. Because they depict Baby Eve as just being like a deformed baby. I feel like it's like oh, Rachel God. Dratch or something. <laughs> like, I hope so. That would be so good. I hope so. Um, some of my favorite headlines about Clonade that I saw from the Miami Herald. The day a cult... The day a cult that believes in space aliens announced a cloned human baby in Florida. That's one headline. Um, from New Scientist. Dutch clone claimed, but no proof. From CNN International. Clone aid claims of human clone scoffed at by most scientists. <laughs> oh. the, the New York Times. For clone aid, a trail of unproven claims. Um, and then my favorite from People.com. Who is Kid Boo? Rapper who fought Black China in a hotel has a criminal record. Claims he's a clone. So he used being a clone-aid clone. He was like, I'm a clone-aid clone kid. And he used that as like a whole publicity stunt. And I've never even heard of him, but I thought who that was, was hilarious. A rapper named Kid Boo. B-U-U. Oh. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, realism is universally mocked. Even at conferences of scholars of religion where individuals are used to, like, studying, like, a diverse range of, like, fringe religions. And, sure. Like, so, um, but people, like, scholars think that this whole thing is, like, incredulous, as they should. Just like you and I have been sitting here thinking. Yeah, yeah um, this one's, like, just, this one doesn't even have, like, any parts to it that are, like, oh, that's, you know. It's just a shame that... That's nice. Like, for real, people, like, got sucked into this and were, like, sexually assaulted and, like, messed up and, like... People probably donated a ton of money to it. Yeah, and... families were torn apart. Like, it's... Um, so, non-members often regard Rael's claims as a deliberate forgery to fool its followers. An especially critical reception has come from ex-Raelans and the anti-cult movement. So, many people... <laughs> bless you, claim that Claude is a fraud and a manipulator who preyed on people in the 70s and 80s who were searching for progressive lifestyles and believed in aliens. As both of those movements were gaining popularity, particularly in those times. Um, so I said earlier that as of 2018, Wikipedia claims there are 100,000 members. But <laughs> so I went on their YouTube and sure. there's 8,000 subscribers. So that's a small percentage of 100,000. On Facebook, they have 6,000 followers. And on Instagram, they have 800 followers. How weak. So it's very weak and doesn't really match up. Unfortunately, there's like no like real, um, like they've never kept a record of actual, I mean, if they have, it's not public, of like actual number of members. But And the guy's still alive. So that's my next point. Claude is currently 75 years old. He's married for, I think, it's the fourth time. Uh, he's estranged from his children. They want nothing to do with him or his religion. Um, if you go to the website, rael.org, their merch is incredible. It's, like, literally, like, 
clip art aliens on like different shirts and then like a bunch of like anti-vax merch wow yeah um and then so i sent an email the other day because it's like contact us if you're interested so i did and i said i'm interested and i got an email and it basically was like how did you find out about us um like we're gonna they've they've been emailing me a lot <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so I need to, like, spam them or, or put them in my junk folder or something. Um, so I I did that to see, like, are they recruiting still? Like, is it active? But on their website, they have, like, meditation events. They have, like, upcoming events. Um, is it all in France? It's in France and then in, like, Canadian, like, oh, French. Oh, yeah, you said, like, uh... Yeah, but big in Korea, I think. Big in... Um, East Asian com- uh, countries, big in France. Um, yeah, you see, so uh, <laughs> Jesus and I are stepbrothers. <laughs> so only you can have sex with me. Half brothers. But he slept with like hundreds of women. His wife, his first wife walked in on him, like cheating on her many times. Like his children watched like the group orgies happening. Like, it's just, I think he left his first wife for, like, a 16-year-old ballerina that he, like, groomed. Oh, I mean, God. the guy was an absolute monster. He's How never he, like, been in jail. jail. Yeah, not in jail at all. Oh, and then at one point, he went to, like, lunch with somebody that he had gone to boarding school with. And I forget the guy's name, but he was basically, like, caught. Like, it's just us, between you and me. This Like, this isn't real, right? Like, the Elohim. And Claude was like, no, absolutely not. And then, so that guy went to a newspaper about it. Claude sued him for, like, defamation. So oh, this guy's so. been tangled up. This this is one of those people, he's like Trump, he'll, like, sue for defamation, like, in a second. Right. Like, he's just so narcissistic and megalomania and all the all the things. But it was it was interesting to, uh, to read about. Because at first, it's like, wow, this sounds, it really does sound like paradise. Like... What a wonderful world that would be. And then that lasts for like 30 seconds and you're like, oh, yeah, this is psycho. This is absolutely insane. Yeah, it does take a turn. It takes a weird turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no need for it to take the turn. <laughs> but it's it takes just it anyway. A, it's just, I think it shows also like what happens when you have like a, a bad upbringing and you're also like the nature nurture, like a poor upbringing and you have tendencies to be a narcissist. So think that's interesting um but yeah it was a lot sorry if it got a little confusing about the clonade thing but no i i think i followed it was just so absurd and preposterous yeah it's all the same thing like they just could not produce any evidence right but like in like six different scenarios they were like asked like it's literally like they were just gaslighting like everyone we're gonna have a clone baby next year (laughs) yeah oh now we have 13 clone babies so and while that was happening there's 20 more (laughs) it's insane undisclosed locations yeah you will never know you will never know ever so yeah check out their website rayal.org or Or do not do that i'll post some pictures on our instagram of uh all of their their swastika movement and Jeez, uh, can you mosaic it out? A bunch of topless women protesting the war and I feel like I do remember that for do some you? reason. I don't know why we wouldn't like it would have been right top- in our face. I remember the topless thing and yeah. it, and it and it being like who cares? What is that going to mm-hmm. do? Yeah. What type of attention is that gathering? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's our that's our episode. Damn realism. Oh my god! And look, we are right at an hour again. We don't even look at the the clock. I know isn't even open when we're. I feel like when I'm doing the notes. research, I just must be like, you know what? All right, I'm done with this. Let me just. Yeah. Let me just wrap <laughs> this up. End it here. Um, sweet. Well, thanks for listening, babe. I always wild. I always appreciate your tangents and your opinions, and uh, got a couple sneezes from the dog on I there. I had a couple of sneezes from me. <laughs> you did too. It's yeah. a sneezy episode. We must be allergic to uh, liars, yeah, pedophiles. Yeah, allergic to stupid religions that don't even <laughs> actually aren't even real. It's not even a real one. <laughs> this is the this this religion does show up like if you're on Wikipedia under like you know groups of religions and types. This is this shows up under UFO religions. So got it. I mean, it should. 
As it should. Yeah. I'm glad I know about it. And now I can... Uh, avoid it. Avoid it. At all costs. <laughs> um, all right. Should we go have some white Russians? Yeah. Horchata. Horchata Russians? Yeah. All right. That's the move. All right. Let's do it. Bye. See ya.